Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and motivational speaker, ed tech speaker, whatever you say. I mean, whatever. I love to chat. I love to chat, gamification, playful learning, and so many other things. Today, we are chatting with a good friend, uh, Paul Yenny. Uh, we've been doing a series questions from Paul, and today's question is kind of a unique one. Uh, I'll let Paul get into that, but for those of you just joining the Well Played community, if this is your first episode, uh, what a great one to jump in on, uh, but I'd love for Paul to sort of give a brief intro for himself. Yeah, I'm Paul Yenny. I'm a fifth grade teacher, first year gamifier in Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, and Today, instead of doing like having my list of questions and doing a rapid fire, um, my thought was looking at we're at a at a big transitional period in school, the kind of quarter shift. And what I've noticed in my own game is it's kind of started to fall behind and maybe get a little bit stale. And what can we do moving into the second quarter to really spice things up, to reinvigorate the game, to make it. To, to make the second quarter mark be something meaningful on the game side of things um, because it is that natural transition. Yeah, so, I mean, that I'm super jazzed to get into because that's such a natural question for everyone. And I guess what I want to say to all the gamifiers that are out there, you know, young and old, new and, you know, fresh and, and veteran is... This is so natural. I mean, I have to be one of the people that have gamified like the most in school, like year over year. And I gotta tell you, like that happens for me still. I mean, there are times where it's like, huh, like I haven't done a lot with the game for like a few days, a few like even sometimes a few weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. And what happens, like, just to kick this episode off. What happens is you end up filling those voids. Like it's a natural cadence, and you've felt that natural cadence. You've seen it with your students, and you'll fill this void. And you'll well, you can talk about things you can add, and like, all right, so you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna fill that void, and things are gonna be great again. And there'll be another void, and then like the year plays out like that. You end up filling in like three voids or something. And next mm-hmm. year, if you reboot the same game and do the same things, you'll have those voids filled in and you're going to be like, this is great. And you'll notice like smaller voids, but they'll, you'll now notice other voids. You'll be like, huh, like now it's been like two weeks and I haven't done something. And you'll fill in some of those with little drop-in activities. And then, you know, the next year you reboot it and you're like, well, now there's this like five-day lull. Maybe you're okay <laughs> with that. And maybe not. Maybe like you think of another little thing to drop in there. And then, you know, over three years, four years, you really have like a gamified, like weekly experience that are different. So the kids like, so it's fresh, you know, and it's like, oh man, like the game has sort of changed. It's pivoted at this point and it's just something new and exciting again. And you'll so- slowly fill those in. So I just want everyone to hear like so natural, like, and still, still this happens for me you know, more than a decade in, you know, like, yeah. So, you know, no one should get discouraged by that. And in fact, the fact that anyone out there that was attuned to it, the fact that you like, you felt it and noticed it to me puts you worlds ahead. Cause some people might not even notice mm-hmm. it. It kind of shows how much of a good game master you sort of are 
in that you're, you're feeling like we got to do something here, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm also, you know, I feel like it also kind of tracks with that, that momentum of the year. We've, we're all hitting that. It's the end of first quarter. School's not new and exciting yet or anymore. It's, it ceased to be new and exciting. We're now into the rhythms. We're into the things. And so it's easy for, for instruction, for just the kids' attention, for all that, for our attitudes to just kind of deflate a little bit, especially as, you know, the sun goes away in the morning because the seasons are shifting. And so I, it's, I'm not feeling like negative about my stagnation, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm doing all these things to push forward my instruction and to kind of keep things alive. Let's do that for the game. And this is a good, a good break point to go, okay, I need to intentionally set some new, some new things, some, get some excitement back into the game where maybe it isn't there currently. Well, I like your word there, like rhythm, you know, that kind of implies like a, a smooth operating thing. So that's good. But rhythm also can be mm-hmm. like interpreted as kind of like humdrum as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and from a 10 year old's perspective, like that's humdrum. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, and that's great that we got them in a fluid system for success for the classroom. But at the same time, you and I are trying to engage and inspire at the same time. And yes. And humdrum's not, engaging and inspiring mm-hmm. so what can we do and i can, still what can we do I to still continue see, to take yeah. that i still see them loving the game it's it's not like i'm it's not like they've kind of gone well this stinks they still love the game they still love doing it but i'm seeing that kind of okay now they're into a, a rhythm i mean we've everyone's played those games video games or board games where you get to a certain point and you're just grinding and you're just like okay i'm i'm still doing this i'm still doing this and if the game doesn't throw something new at you, then you get kind of bored with it. So before that boredom sets in, kicking kicking some surprises in there for them and some new mechanics and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that's what we're going to want to make sure we do. And, and uh, the sort of advice that I give you and I give everyone else uh, here on Well Played is make sure that while we add new mechanics and new ideas and I can't wait to dive into that. That's like super jazz, super fun. But the other thing that I want to make sure everyone keeps in mind is to maintain the old, right? Like maintain the Mm -hmm. standard because you and I have put in place some items, some badges that do things. Like for me, battle points is a big piece. And if I add a new piece that has nothing to do with that and like, they don't earn battle points anymore, right? Like if that fades away, that right. all those kids that earn those items, those became sort of worthless. So you want to make sure that we're layering into a system and not really like abandoning the old and beginning anew. Unless your yes. game structure that way. I have heard of some teachers that kind of literally make almost four different games. You know, it's like, all right, quarter one's over and now we're doing this. Um, mm-hmm. That's not how mine's structured, so I'm not going to really like move forward. And I know yours isn't structured that way. You're going for a year-long, cohesive experience. Right. So, uh, all right, let's let's dive in right there. Yes. So, like, uh, enough of the intro here, and getting into it. Some of the things, some of the twists that I think you can make to your game. We let's just inventory a wee bit. You have some items, right? Yes, I have. Some items and, and some new one, new ones coming out regularly, but not not a lot. 
Okay, so we have some items. We mm -hmm. have done, I know that you've done these sort of boss battle things because yeah. that's kind of the idea is that we're trying to catch these villains. Absolutely. So we have that mechanic um, to play with. Uh, gold is the most recent one that we've put in in the shop. Gold in the shop. So we have like three, now we're up to three mechanics. We have XP, I'm assuming. Right? XP, so, yep. So we're at four mechanics we can play with. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there any other ones that would just be a good inventory before we get started here? I think those are the big four. There's one that I'm sure we'll talk about as we get into new things that um, one that level five kids can start doing mm -hmm. that one kid has been able to start. So I don't really count that as a mechanic for everyone yet. I okay. introduced hero items um, nice. that are not really items, but um, but those are my main four. This is the game. This is what the kids understand. If you were to ask them what's the game about, they would mention those four things. Nice. All right. So, all right. So, if we have these four things to play with, uh, as well as infinite possibilities for new mechanics or new pivot points, uh, storyline, you're again doing like a superhero theme. Yes. Right? So, if we're doing the superhero theme and we're in your sort of main base, your more main city, like yep, any city. One new thing that you can even add is an alternative location. Mm -hmm. And what you can do is you can make it so that your storyline bounces between those two locations. And this may seem like the tiniest of shifts, but when you add a new location, all new rules can come with that new location, right? So things that mm -hmm. you've put in place when you're at the other, you know, when you're at like villain villain city right like villain village it you know different <laughs> different things can happen in villain village you know and yeah and 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 maybe like things get turned upside down so it's an interesting mechanic that you can add um we'd mm -hmm. have to sort of think through what and why that exists but right like that's one way you can go is kind of like a different exciting like oh like i felt like i got what Yanni City was about. We got this XP. We got some gold. We're going to get some things. We're going to occasionally catch some villains. Ooh. Mm -hmm. He has now said we can venture outside of Yanni City. Like, what does that mean? Maybe that means make mm -hmm. several locations. And then it's just an exciting proposition to make your way to the caves, to make your way to the. Right. You know? All right. And then we're just talking about like what those things do when you get there. I mean, that's so easy to layer on a thicker experience of what they already know. They already know side quests. Well, maybe each of these locations have different types of side quests worth different types of points. Mm -hmm. Then we tie it back in with items. If you're, if you're still following me here, now that you have yep. these locations, maybe you have items that amplify those location type side quests. So maybe, maybe in the caves, because they're like, I don't know, digging around thematically, maybe that's where they do any sort of quest where they make something physically. Uh, mm -hmm. And any quest there, like you can like maybe use a bulletin board. Like if you're at the, if you're at the caves, you then can do these side quests and you get like bonus XP for being there. So now like you're tying into systems they know. And then, like I said, with items, you could have certain items that amplify the cave side quest so like ooh, you're yes. at the caves and you have like a pickaxe now your quests are worth an additional like 200 xp so now mm -hmm. that that notion of grinding becomes an actual like choice like i am choosing to grind it out 
here and do these types of quests. And with you, yes. which I don't know, I can't remember if you mentioned it, I apologize, but you're a self-contained classroom, like you teach all the subjects, yes. right? So actually these locations could be just tied to the various subjects, right? Like, Yes, exactly. Right? So, oh man, like I want to do five extra math things. And I'm working towards getting like a pickaxe and a this and a that, right? To like grind it out at the cave or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's like more game choices. And what you're doing, like I said, is just layering on a thicker and thicker and thicker layer of what they already know. So they feel comfortable yet excited because this is like new yet understandable. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't throw anything brand new at them, but it changes it enough that that it's exciting. Yeah, so we have that, and I think that that would be maintainable by you, which is the mm-hmm. other thing that, like, I can't remember if I've told you much about that in past, but just something that you always have to be aware of. Like, you are the throughput of everything, so... Mm-hmm. You know, the the more it's going to slow you down, the more it's going to slow them down. So if we can think of systems that are easily maintainable by you, it means that they can really, like, go through those systems and do those systems without having to be like, oh, and Paul's got to, like, make 10 more photocopies, and he forgot to do that today, and now he's going to have to wait. And then then it starts to feel like, well, I made this choice to do this cave thing, but you're not ready. Mm -hmm. So the more it can be streamlined, the better. Well, and I'm on that note, I'm trying something else this quarter that's more on my end. Um, I have two, uh, two girls who have applied to be my assistant game manager, and nice. I'm in the process of having them do some on-the-job interviews. They've both stayed after school and done some game-type stuff. Like, I made one of them my shopkeeper one day, and the other one was uh-huh. an item builder. Um, and then next week, I'm going to have them do all my rolling for me. So when the kids go out at recess and they do their item rolling, I can get straight to duty and they're rolling for these other students and the students are marking it down so I can put it in and that kind of stuff. So I'm interested to see when I have an assistant that is briefed more on the game. And I I even put in their application, are you okay having secrets and knowing things that other people don't know and not taking advantage of that stuff? If I have that sort of student-led help, how much more can I add? Because I'm not worried about, okay, I got to do my grades. I got to do this, this, and this. And then at the end, I have to figure out all these gold totals and figure out all these XP totals and check the shop if I have time, um, all that kind of stuff. So I'm that I'm really interested in, too, and seeing how I can give some students some ownership of that as well. Yeah, my number one, like students help me a lot, but my number one like area in which they help me is is item like printing and cutting because mm-hmm. I, I can design them, I can, I have to update the leaderboard, things that I don't, I don't want to say I don't trust, but it's just as smoother if right. no student's hands ever touch that stuff. Uh, but I can print out, I can hit print and hit three copies of a, certain item i'll print it out and yes. you know they can sit there and trim those things up like i don't need to like like that can be passed on and anytime you can think of something that can be passed on to them do it because it frees you up to do that that higher task that they really mm-hmm. can't uh so that's that's good that you're mindful of that already and i think that's awesome that you even wrapped 
the help into the game. I did the same thing. Like I call mine King's Favor and they have to apply to be in the King's Favor sort of team. And thematically for me, it works much like feudalism. Like they don't get a salary. Like that's <laughs> right. That didn't, that didn't exist back then. But like after a while, like just because you did one thing for me, Paul, just because you cut one or f- item, it might mean the king's having a good day and you instantly sort of get something for that. Or it might mm-hmm. just like, you know, thanks, Paul. And then like some other day, I'm like, you know, hey, Paul, like you've helped me out a lot today. And I remember the other day, like, nice. And like, whoosh, I give you like something for doing that. But it's sort mm-hmm. of on, on that system. You're close to the king, and the king is obviously going to occasionally shower you with some sort of benefit uh, if you've done a good job. But it's not an automatic. And I like that. Again, goes with the theme. But it also is helpful for me. Um, I don't know. It's, I just like it. It's, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it definitely helps me out. Well, and one of, one of the best things I did when I made my shop was I put in a it's the first character I added to the game who wasn't a villain I put in a shopkeeper and so when when they would complain hey the shop hasn't been updated or I haven't gotten my stuff I could just say you know Jasper's not feeling very well he's out sick and so he'll get to it when he can is your and shop, the kids are great is your shop sorry is your shop online yeah. is your shop like a okay Google classroom website is it is it actually like physical in your classroom what is so it? my shop is it's just it's an item sheet a nine by nine that's right and i put in each item that's for sale and then i have a separate price sheet next to it that says okay this item in this slot is this much this item is this much and then they just write on a sticky note how much they're paying what item they want and they slip it in and after school i just take the sticky notes and i go minus 50 and give them an item and slip it in their mailbox nice so it's i I do a similar i actually write with dry erase marker on the item case Mm -hmm. because that'll wipe off so you could just put you know 200 gold 100 gold 50 gold 500 gold whatever right on the item case um i do it that way and the other thing i did which you could add this mechanic i don't know if you want to but just passing on some of the things i've done over the years Mm -hmm. is i have like a more basic shop that everyone can get to it's kind of like in the town square kind of thing yeah and those have like my standard items, like the things that give more XP to a quest, the kind of go back to your lockers type stuff, some low BP items that are, aren't so unique, but you know, if you have a spot or two, it might be worth picking up. Uh, and then I have another, just like you said, item case that I keep hidden. It's like in my like teacher book that they can't see. Mm-hmm. And an item that they can purchase starting next unit is these these like merchant ships and the merchant ships introduce a little bit of risk reward. And so I'm telling them like thematically, I'm pretending you are going to a distant land, AKA this other item sheet. That's, mm-hmm. that's like a different market. You don't know what's there cause it's, it's super far away. And what they have to do is they can sail an empty ship there. That's fine. Or they can put, an item on the ship and they have to decide this first. It's a, I, I hate to make this analogy, but it's a little bit like gambling. They're going to take the ship, take an item <laughs> out of their case and put it with the ship and say, all right, I'm sailing this ship with, you know, this sword. All right. Then they roll a die and depending on how good their ship is, the ship has different cargo slots. Like mm-hmm. a basic ship has one, which means they can hold one item, you know, then they can have a two or three, right? And another ship could also have better chances of success. They roll a die 
there's a chance that their ship gets lost at sea and they lose the ship and the item. There's a chance that it's just rough seas and they don't lose anything, but they don't get to the final destination. And then there's mm-hmm. a pretty good chance. I want to say it's like 50% chance that they make it with the item. Now there we enter into like a little barter. If they brought an item, I'll say like, oof, this is good. Like in this, like where you sailed to, they're in the middle of a war. Like they need your sword. This is awesome. Like they'll pay you 500 for that sword. And sometimes it's like, oh, like that's just a sword. We actually have lots of swords. Like, you know, you can make that decision thematically. Typically Mm -hmm. I look at where the kid's at and like, you know, I try to to help that kid out. So I make some storyline and they then get that that gold if they want to sell it. But here's the other like fun thing. If they don't sell me the sword, if they're like, mm, I don't like that, and they only have one cargo hold, well, then you can't buy anything because you won't be able to sell home with it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's this, this, it's this nice delayed gratification for a larger, better experience. And mm-hmm. training some kids to 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 see that as a value proposition that like, yes, I could go to the like basic shop and get something right now today, or I can put it on the ship, you know, take a chance and we'll see. Uh, it's neat to see some kids make that choice and it's a fun mechanic. Obviously you would have to change it up a little bit thematically, like they might not be ships or whatever, but, uh, you know, anyone could really take that concept and just theme it around their game experience. Yeah. I like that, or I like even just having some sort of trading mechanic too, where they can sell back items um, in some way. Yeah, I have. So one, so one thing I absolutely loved with those buildings, and I know you watched the video about my buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a there's some really cool things you can do when you add this this notion of an avatar. And allow it to be at buildings because now like it's this in game like they actually have a character and their character can interact with things so when we're talking about going to the mine it would be a building and like their avatars at the mine that's where they're at that's cool um one of the ones i did was uh an exchange and kids could how it worked is it had like an arrow and these are all laminated so kids would write with mm-hmm. um dry erase marker on the arrow and it would have an arrow, obviously, going from one spot to another spot. And I would put my avatar, well, not me, like if, if you and I were players, I would put yeah. my avatar there. And on the arrow, I'd write like 400 gold. And then I'd then you'd put your avatar on the other side of that. And that way, whenever I could get around to it, kids could actually be like trading gold to each other which I never really allowed because of the slow nature and the throughput it would take on me. But mm-hmm. now there's only like so many slots. So I'm only dealing with like five or six students that want to do that. And yes. putting yourself there means you're not at some other place. So it was cool. I could offer the experience to people, but still a low amount of people took it because a lot of them would rather be at some of the other places. But there's that like appearance of oh cool now we can trade money in the game like now we can mm-hmm. you're like cool now we can do like a hundred different things yes but I'm I'm not having to deal with a hundred at once because there isn't enough slots for you all to right. be at a hundred things. Well, and I really like that because the first the first thing they asked me when I get started gold was can we give this to each other, and I said not 
not right now, but I like that of limiting, okay, if you go to this building and you limit your opportunities elsewhere and there's only a few slots at this building, yeah, you can, you can do that if that's important to you. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. You know, in your game, like that can be like Yanny, Yanny Bank. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I can picture like a little graphic of like a gothic (laughs) bank uh, in your villain storyline. Uh, that would be awesome. So these these are some easy things you could do to sort of layer that experience, make it exciting mm-hmm. for the second quarter. The other one I want to get in here before this episode kind of wraps up is I sometimes love each of my units kind of have a vignette-like storyline going on. So there's always a little bit of a shot in the arm. There's always a little bit of excitement because like, mm-hmm. oh, like, this is happening in Egypt. Oh, like you're about to move to China. This is how China's going on. And that has taken time. Like, so I want to make sure everybody hears it's at first I did the adventure path, which we've talked about and we don't have a ton of time to talk about now, but like each unit has a unique adventure path. And now over the years, I've even added like each unit has some unique quests and now each unit, some of them have other little like fun storylines, fun little side things happening on top of these other side things happening, right? So there's always like a fresh flavor, but that takes time. That takes time to create and just, mm-hmm. and again, recognize you, and I loved it in, in our first questions with Paul, you know, you really set out the goal of like, I want to, I want this pedagogy to be central to who I become as a teacher. So when yes. you start to think of it as like money in the bank, just like you would your math plans and your like history lessons and you know like I have history products that I use or projects that I use year over year because they're really good projects you know and I've tightened mm-hmm. them down and they're like just perfect they're awesome kids love them parents love them I love them they're meeting curricular standards like it's fantastic uh, same thing for your game so like maybe you'll make some of these buildings and that'll be the new piece and that'll like get you through next quarter maybe even the next two quarters because especially with the buildings you can just add more buildings. Like you can just mm-hmm. you can start with these three and they're like, this is awesome. You know, and then like <laughs> what I've done is they unlock buildings. So this becomes a little bit of like boss battles and these things where the town sort of like produces a new building because of a new threat, a new like, hey, mm-hmm. we need to have this. And sometimes it works thematically, like the building they make makes sense with the threat they had. Other times it's just a reward. Like, yep, now we have farms and that has nothing to do with the <laughs> yeah. boss we, we, we defeated, but like, yeah, you have a new spot. And, and they're okay with that, like, because it's exciting. They did something to unlock it. Um, so there's all those trappings. Not the perfect storyline for me. But, uh, you know, like I said, that's, that's raw and that's real. And I, I like everyone to know that, like, I don't, I don't do it perfect. And you won't do it perfect. But your kids will love these new features. Yes. Yeah, and I, I buildings is definitely one of the things that I want to try, and I I have a couple just in mind. I have, we've already been capturing villains, so I have some things I want them to be able to do at the jail, and I think the bank is one they've been asking for, and just thinking of one or two more just to get it set up so that people can try them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it shouldn't be like you said with with only three or four people at a building. That's not a huge time. I'm not going to have all 22 kids putting everyone in a building because there's limited spots. What you can do too, time-wise, um, if if you eventually get to like 15 buildings or something like that, what you can do, and maybe you can start it right away, 
is put a number in the corner of the buildings and say like that's the activation order and then you can just have like a marker that like you and your bulletin mm-hmm. board you stick like this is where i left off um that i have not added but it is something i am going to add this year because like anything i started with buildings and i had five by the end of last year i had 10 this year i've thought of like three or four more and it's like okay this is getting like too big to like whip through quickly in a day so i need to have like i only made it through these seven you know like next time we activate the buildings we're going to begin on the eighth one and move forward Mm -hmm. um but then even that this is where i'm talking about game mechanics are endless and so fun with that i even thought of having a couple buildings that are asterisks and so they always activate. So no matter where mm-hmm. I leave off, like, oh, that's interesting. Like, do I want to be at the Asterix building? Because it's guaranteed every time he activates buildings to do those. So like, well, and you could you could put an item mechanics. in that this item lets you your building skip skip their activation item, and it'll activate automatically if you gave me that item. Yeah, I mean, like the buildings, like it's just a whole other avenue of like fun mechanics. I never implemented it last year, but another one I want to add is an apprentice. And so you could be at two buildings, right? Mm-hmm. So like now you're activating more stuff. I don't know, just cool, cool <laughs> stuff that like we can do and we can add. It takes time and like we got we got time because you and I are going to be teachers for a long, long, long while. Uh, yes. And while these students in front of us won't experience all of these features, they are constantly your muse inspiring you for that next class as well as these. Like you're going to implement some stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of it's going to work. Some of it's not. And you're going to prune and change. And it's just it's going to constantly get better. Uh, but you are in the right, right spot. So and like I said, the fact that you even were aware of it and could articulate it really shows where you're at, Paul, on your journey. So kudos to you. Thank you. So we have reflection time here, quote that sort of goes with what we talked about, you know, moving into that second quarter, you know, how, how can we do it? Can we do it? Should we do it? All of those things. This one comes from Roy T. Bennett. And here's the quote. You ready? Mm-hmm. You need to have faith in yourself. Be brave and take risks. You don't have to have it all figured out to move forward. You know, it's one that's a quote where I am kind of hearing that for me more than I'm hearing it for my kids right now. Yep. Because I definitely have hit that that point where you know the the perfectionist in me wants the game to be done and ready and have all these cool things. And so I, I do tend to have moments where when the kids come and ask me, "Hey, have you uh you uh done this yet?" and I kind of go, "No." And I get down on myself for not being a computer that they can that is just doing all these things for them. Um, But it is important to step back and go, these kids are still enjoying themselves. They are forgive. They're very forgiving. None of them are mad. And this is the first year I'm doing this. And and I guess one of the things I got out of this conversation today that I hadn't framed it as uh, is this game is the same as my content in that once I've done it once I've done it once and I can Mm -hmm. build on it next year. And, and it doesn't have to be perfect right now. It probably will never be perfect, but it doesn't have to be big right now. It will get there, but to just be working on doing the things I'm doing now well and making sure I'm switching it up 
every once in a while instead of trying to force myself to you have to do something every week, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like a journey of a lifetime doesn't actually have a destination. All it has is the fact that it's not where you're at now. Journey of a lifetime is you're moving forward. So move forward, Paul, and everyone else listening. Just realize that. Continue to move forward. Continue to add stuff. Your students love it. You'll love it. It just gets exciting, more exciting. And I think that that's that's a thing. You know, have faith. Have faith that it's going to be okay. And it's mm-hmm. and and you are going to make mistakes, and you're going to have to pull back from some of those and say like, yeah, we're not using gold, or we're not going to use this, or you know, buildings this year didn't work. And in fact, buildings my first year didn't work at all. <laughs> you know, and it was like through a refinement that I got to a system I like. And, mm-hmm. and now I'm refining that system in and of itself to be more robust, but at the same time, less burdensome on me. So like it's a win-win for everyone involved. So yeah. things, to, things to think about. Um, before we sign off, just a fun sort of little take here. I just got to tell everyone that Paul has some crazy news to share with with the well-played community. Yes. So a week ago Saturday, I... Uh, got an opportunity with my girlfriend to uh, beta test an escape room. We love escape rooms. So we went in and we played it. It's our favorite escape room place. They wanted some feedback on the new room. So we played through it. Which and at the end, is, we got to is, the last puzzle. Which is super awesome, right? Like anybody that hasn't done an escape room, do it. This is yes. Like I said, this is Paul and his girlfriend's favorite spot. Now you're about to say they get to the last clue. We get to the last puzzle. Um, and it's a bag full of treasure, and I hand it to Shannon, my girlfriend. Now, what she doesn't know is that for the past few months, I've been planning and coordinating with the escape room, and uh, we weren't actually randomly selected to do this beta test. Uh, and she opens up the bag, and in it is a ring box. And uh, and I proposed, and now I'm engaged. That is and awesome. we're really excited. I am sure for everyone in the well-played community, as well as anybody that knows you, let us just, I once again say congratulations. I'm so excited for you guys. Thank you. That is awesome. Everyone else, thank you for tuning in to another well-played podcast. As always, you can see this on uh, the YouTube, and you can post comments there. We would love to have them. Everyone, have a great week and play on.